Getting Alone with God. That's the, the title of today's message. So yesterday, our Assistant General Superintendent, Rick DeBoss, said that he had received a vision from the Lord for all the pastors in their churches. Now, I don't want to go through everything he said because it was actually pretty lengthy. But just to, to cap it, what he said was that those who remain faithful during this season of quarantine, those who, who do what God's called them to do rather than shrink back, that they are going to be blessed beyond measure. But those who do shrink back, those who look after their own needs rather than the needs of their community, rather than the needs of their people, that in the end, they won't be remembered any longer. And it, he, he mentions Gideon and the, the 300 that were part of his army. God reduced that army from 30,000 to 300. And then he did what he had to do. He defeated the enemy with that small army. You know what? I want to be like Gideon and his army. I want to be ready for this when this is all over. And what Rick said was, this is a test for the church. This is a test for you and I. How are we going to handle this? Are our neighbors going to see us freaking out about this? Or are they going to see us on our knees? Are they going to see us lifting our prayers up to heaven, asking the Lord to meet us right where, they're, right where we're at and to help get us through this? God is more than capable of doing that, I believe. So let's prime the pump. Let's get ready and stay ready and seek the Lord so that he can use us. Amen? And that leads me to today's message. What if you and I were to take this time that we've been given to sharpen our skills as believers? Think about that just for a minute. What if we were to be intentional with the gifts that God's given us? Instead of being bored, instead of sitting at home, using this time to, to watch TV or to play video games, what if instead we were to reverse that that the enemy has intended for harm so that God can turn it around for the good of those who love him? What if we were to do that? Today I want to look at some things that Jesus did that appear to have provided a, a supernatural environment and miracles took place there. I don't know about you, but I'd like to see some miracles happening today. And I believe that if we, you and I, model after Jesus, we could see this spiritual environment change all around us. So if you would, let's just take just a minute again. I know I already prayed for the offering, but let's just ask the Lord to, to uh, govern our hearts during this message and to speak to us as only he can. Are you ready for this? Father, again, we just thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us of all our unrighteousness. And Lord, as I begin speaking about what Jesus did, how he got alone with you, Lord, I pray that you would just open our hearts up to receive from you. Holy Spirit, transcend the distance here. Even though people are at home, maybe not even in this city, Lord, maybe they're somewhere else. Lord, I pray that you would speak to these folks is only you can, that you would encourage them, that you would build them up today in the Spirit. And Lord, we commit this short message into your hands, at least short for me, and, and Lord, we just pray that you would just teach us today, as only you can. We ask this again in the precious name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. How many realize Jesus was a, a man of prayer? Hopefully you already knew that. We're told this beginning 
were told this, that Jesus said, I want you to pray. And he had just kind of said, look, this, this isn't how I want you to be. I don't want you to get up and, on the street corners and, and just go on with this babbling prayer in front of everybody, showing them how spiritual you are. No, 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 no. In fact, I wanted to share this from Matthew uh, 6, verse 6 in the message. And it says this, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. I love that. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense His grace. Now to me, that sounds pretty easy-peasy. I don't know about how you feel about it. But get alone with God. That's the key here. Get alone with God. Now again, Jesus is our model. Jesus is the pattern, the one that we're supposed to follow after. And in Matthew chapter 14, verse 13, it says, When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. Now Jesus had just heard that John the Baptist had been killed. So certainly he was grieving. This is his relative. He was grieving in his spirit for this man. Imagine how he would have felt. But what did he do, knowing that all these people were coming after him to be healed by him? Even in the midst of his grief, and by the way, Jesus has feelings. God the Son has feelings, just like you and I do. And like Jesus, when we find ourselves in a tough place, and especially a place where we're grieving like he was, what did he do? He went and he got alone with God. He went and he he said, Lord, I need you now. I don't want to be alone in this. I need your help. I need your love. I need the power of God to get all over me. Amen? Now, in this passage, the solitude didn't last very long. As I said, the crowds figured out where he went, and they went after him. A large crowd had gathered at his door. Once again, the master didn't turn the people away. Even though he was grieving, he went out and he began to pray for the people. He ministered to them and he healed their sick. You know, there's not really time for us, the church, to get too wrapped up in ourselves. We need to be available for people right now because usually when God wants to use us, it isn't going to be convenient and it wasn't for Jesus here. As evening fell, Jesus felt compelled to miraculously feed the people. Instead of sending them home, which would have taken them hours, instead of that, he said, you know what, what do we have around here for dinner? And of course, you know the story if if you understand the scriptures. They had five loaves and two fish. And from that, Jesus, the master, as I like to call him, he made dinner for everyone, and he fed the multitude. What does this show us? That God is the God of the miraculous. Hallelujah. And he can do these things for us. You and I can do these things if we just trust and believe that God will. After ministering to the people for what was most likely a full day, Jesus certainly would have been exhausted. If you and I had done this, we would have been exhausted. So what did he do about it? 
here's the thing. He didn't go to bed like a lot of us would have done. He didn't just go home and say, you know what? I'm taking a nap. I'm going to bed. Nope. Instead, the Bible says he got away to pray. This is found in verse 23 of Matthew 14. John, you're going to have to go along with me. This isn't. Thank you. Next verse. Thank you. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. If we get nothing else from this passage, let us see that for Jesus to survive and to thrive, he had to care for his spirit. For Jesus to survive and to thrive, he had to care for his spirit. He did that by staying intimate with his loving Father. That's what he was, that's what is meant by he was alone. Heaven wants us to see this. Heaven wants you and me to realize that when we find ourselves exhausted, spiritually speaking, the best place for us to go is the embrace of our God, to spend alone time with Him. There's no better way to fill your spiritual gas tank, if I can call it that, your spiritual fuel tank, than by spending time with your Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next verse, John. Next slide. Spend time with your Heavenly Father like Jesus did. Spend time with the Lord like Jesus did. You know, He's seated at the right hand of the Father. There He's mediating on behalf of you and me. He's praying for us on our behalf. So when we go into our prayer closet, when we get alone with him, he hears our prayers. He says, Dad, they need some help down there. And he sends that help. That's the other reason that the Holy Spirit was sent, was to give us the strength, to give us the power, to give us the the encouragement that we need, especially in times like we're in today. Now, I understand prayer to be having a conversation with God, and that's what God wants from us. Don't go in there thinking, oh, i got to give him this 100-page list of, of things that I need. No, that's not it at all. He wants you, not your prayer list. It's good that you pray, and there's power behind that prayer. There's power in the agreement of prayer. However, God wants you. He wants you to be with him. He wants you to focus on him. He wants to speak into your life. And if you listen, he's going to show you, teach you things that you didn't already know that are going to bless the kingdom and defeat the enemy. The enemy around you and the enemy in your life. So how do you want to go about this? Do you want to keep on being defeated or do you want to be the defeater? I want to be the defeater. I don't know about you. And that means I have to be taking the time that we're being given right now to spend in his presence, to seek his face, to listen to his still small voice and find out, God, what do you want from me right now? Listen to this. Before and at the end of a long day, whether one is worn out from the ministry or you moms from watching your kids all day or, or some of you men still uh, working a job or whatever, ever, whatever other challenge you might find yourself in, Remember this kingdom principle. 
This is how Jesus stayed strong, and we need to do the same. Watch what he did next. After Jesus prayed in solitude, this is cool, he went out and he walked on water. All right? So what we start to see here is this pattern of miracle, prayer, miracle, prayer, miracle, prayer, and solitude. Miracle, you get it? That should be us. All right, so he walked across the lake to reach his disciples who were out there rowing into the wind and they weren't making any headway. They, they couldn't get their boat to go forward. And I've been there. I've had this happen to me. So I know exactly what they're facing here. And Jesus walked out and, and of course he just said, peace be still. And that was it. It was all done. What I want you to catch here is that we can deduct from this that without prayer, nothing miraculous happens. On the other hand, if you need a miracle, prayer can ensure that you have the upper hand. You may not need to walk on water. I may not need to. But how many of you listening to this live stream message today would say, I need a miracle? If that's you, just nod your head. I know I, I could use a couple right now. Here's the thing. Get into your secret place, your prayer closet, whatever you call it, that place where you can spend time alone with your Lord, with your God, like Jesus did. What are you going to do in there? First, you're going to share your secrets. If you need to, you need to repent here. Go in with a clean slate. And here's the beauty of it. God's always willing to forgive, all right? So put whatever sins are in your life under the blood. Don't be a repeater. Don't, don't let that lifestyle of sin be like you. But repent of whatever you're doing and then get on with it, all right? Second part, let him know your concerns. He wants to know what's going on. He already knows. But he wants you to speak them out loud, all right? He also wants to hear about your victories. Give thanks once in a while. Pastor Roger talked about this last week. The RPG, rejoice, pray, and what's the last one? Give thanks, all right? And these are things that we should do. We should give thanks to God for the victories that he's already given us. And then last, listen for him to answer. And this is where so many people fall short. God want, How do you know what God wants you to do if you don't stop and listen? All right, yes, listen to the word of God. You need to do that when you're studying the word, but he will also, in an audible voice, speak to you if you'll let him if you'll take the time to listen i'm certain i'm positive that jesus took the time to listen for god's voice to speak to him to speak into his life that still small voice and again here's the permission jeremiah 33 3 call to me and i will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you did not know that's good news isn't it God wants to speak into your life, but you need to listen. Do you need a miracle? Do you want to get lined up with the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit? Then learn these two ingredients, prayer and solitude. There's power in prayer and solitude, all right? Now, I wanted to look at a few more verses where Jesus did what I'm talking about here in uh, John 10 14 
Jesus said this. He said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep, and they know me. Do you know Jesus? Some of you right now, maybe you're, you're doing the sheep noise. <laughs> and if your kids are sitting there with you, they're probably doing it with you. We're all sheep who've gone astray. But Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. You're his sheep. I'm his sheep. And we know him. All right? We know him. And then jumping down to verse 27, he said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Now, again, these are three steps. First, we listen to his voice. We get to know him as we're spending time in our secret place, in our prayer closet, and we follow him. What does that mean? He's going to tell you where to go. But you have to be listening. You have to be spending time in that prayer closet, in that place of prayer, trying to hear what it is God wants you to do next. By spending time with the, the Master and learning to hear His voice when He speaks, you are going to get the victory. This is what Jesus did over and over and over. He spent time with His Heavenly Father, and when He was finished, He knew what He had to do next, and He went out full of power, and miracles happened. Jesus believed this. He believed in spending time with his Father. And, and I feel he required this alone time that I'm talking about. Alone time with his God. He required that in order to survive and to thrive, as I like to call it. I want you to go to Mark 135, and, and as you're turning there, let me just say, prior to this verse, the people had again figured out where Jesus went, it was hard for him to get alone. And they brought their sick and their demon possessed to him so that he would heal them and deliver them of these demonic uh, spirits. Practically the whole town had gathered again at his door. He, he couldn't get away from them. Here he was just trying to have a meal and all these people show up while he's sitting there in this person's house. And after praying for all these people, which he did, watch what Jesus did next. In Mark 1.35, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. The Master, Jesus, Here's what I found. had to find a quiet place to pray in order for him to thrive. As I see this, Jesus had to have been spiritually spent from another long day. Listen, he had nothing left to give. One could say his tank was empty. <laughs> so where did he go? He went to the refueling station, as I like to call it, his prayer closet so that he could get filled back up again. Now I draw this conclusion because after this verse, we see that the disciples came to Jesus and told them again that there were many sick people who wanted him to pray for them. And Jesus did it again. He went out 
And he prayed for the people again and again and again. But before he did, each time, and this is what I want you to see, each time he went back into that prayer time, he went back to his Heavenly Father, and he got his batteries recharged. And he did that through prayer. Listen, this is how you and I need to feed our spirits. Especially right now. Because there are going to be people who are going to go into a funk. There are going to be people who, who are church people, who are believers, who love God, who are going to find themselves even getting depressed. You want to know how to fight that? You get in your prayer closet and you spend time with God. Because I'm telling you right now, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, if you're filled with the fullness of God, you will not be depressed. I believe that's good news too. But if you don't do these things, if you don't hear this kingdom principle today, if you're not spending time with the Lord, but you're just doing all the other stuff that the world does every day, fear, fear-mongering, whatever, everything but being alone with God, if that's you, it will lead to burnout. It will lead to you having nothing to give anybody else. And as I said when I started, I want to be like Gideon. I want to be ready for this. I want God to be able to say, Norm, I need you to do this. And I don't, I'm not going to have to think about it. I'm not going to have to say, oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I need to go get in my prayer closet first. No. Be ready now. Get ready for what God wants to do. What if when this thing ends, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people come to the Lord? Which could happen, folks. It's already happening. I, I saw a video this morning in Italy. People were on their faces in the square saying, Jesus, help us. Let us be a people of faith. Let us get into our prayer closets. Let us seek God's face right now so that he can fill us up and we will be ready for what's coming next. Because I believe it could be one of the biggest, greatest waves of revival revival that we have ever seen on this planet how many can give a good amen on that so if you're wondering why don't i see miracles take place when i pray the answer could be that you're not filling your spiritual fuel tank you have nothing to give if i want my prayers to make a difference then I need to do what Jesus did. You need to do what Jesus did. I need to spend time in the presence of the Lord, letting Him fill me up with His supernatural power. But as you can see, this requires something. Time. How many have some time right now? Extra time. Most of you. Unless you're a doctor or a nurse or somebody that's in one of the essential jobs. We're all finding ourselves at home with little to do, not necessarily me because I'm still, still in school, but they didn't, they're not giving us any kind of break. Well, they did give us an extra week to do our paper, but that's, you don't have to worry about that. Here's my point. Right now, many of us have this free time, and it's a choice how we spend it, whether we're going to do it wasting it, as I have already talked about, playing video games, watching TV, yada, yada, or whether we're going to spend that time growing in the Lord, 
seeking his face, studying his word, doing the things that God, Jesus, has commanded us to do. God wants to use us. That's what the assistant general superintendent said. This is a test. Will we pass it? I hope so. I want to be like Gideon, as I've said. I want to be like his 300 men. I'm choosing to draw closer to God in this time. I hope you are too. Now this is important. When a believer gives something away through the prayer of faith, a little bit of that person leaves. Put another way, it costs you something. And we see this clearly in Luke. And I I wanted to share this verse. Luke 8, 42. I'm going to begin in the middle of uh, verse 42. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. So she'd exhausted all of her resources, had nowhere else to turn. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately the bleeding stopped. See, again, Jesus was prepared because he'd already spent that time in his prayer closet getting filled up with the Holy Spirit. When this lady came up and touched him, this is what happened. Jesus said, who touched me? He asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said this. He said, somebody touched me. I know that power has gone out for me. Remember that. Power has gone out for me. And then in the last part of this passage, it says, Then the woman, seeing she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she, to- she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. How cool is that? And then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. I love this story. It, it's just one of those stories where you can put yourself in her place. Many of us have dealt with things for years and years and years and years. And have been going after the healings, exhausted our resources, and we're still struggling with with whatever that might be. In this case, she touched the hem of Jesus' garment and was instantly healed because of her faith. But here's what I want you to see. Jesus knew it because he said power went out from him. Power went out from him. When we pray like Jesus did, we become the conduit that God uses to do miracles. Are you hearing me? When the Lord chooses to use us, we become instruments in his hands. Cheryl Salem said this a long time ago. She said, when we place ourselves in God's hands, we become an instrument that he can play. He makes beautiful music with you and me. When we allow ourselves to be used by our king. How cool is that? As I see it, the natural is combined with the supernatural, and the result is that his power flows through us and then goes out as the person exercises his or her faith. Similar to uh, this woman who knew if she touched the, the master, she would be healed. Why do we need to spend time with the Lord? Hear this. There are two reasons. The first one, it's pretty simple. 
Because we love him and we want to be with him. God's given his all for you to be made whole, to give you a full life. He's forgiven you of your sins. They're under the blood. And he promises that you will have everlasting life through Jesus, his son. What more do you want? God loves you. You should want to spend time with him. You should want to pour your love back into him. But part two of this is because we want to give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to fill us back up. You see, when we go back into that prayer closet, it's so that we can say, Lord, I need more. What I had yesterday, like the manna, the manna only lasted a day. Listen, the power of God that's in you is only going to last a short time. You've got to go back and you've got to get more. I think this is intentional because God wants us to rely on him and no one else. And when we rely on him, when we put our faith in him, he will not disappoint us. In fact, he's going to keep filling us and keep filling us and keep filling us. So it's overflowing. It's spilling out. Similar to Peter and John when they walked through the crowd and and their very shadow touched people and they were healed. How cool is that? That's because Peter and John spent time with the Master. They had just come out of the upper room. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and He overflowed out of them. Do you want God to use you? I hope so. Hear this part. You don't have to be a pastor. You could be a UPS or FedEx driver or somebody that works at Walmart or Myers. You could be in any position where you're around people and God will use you in the miraculous. But here's the thing. you got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you come across these people who are in need of prayer, you got to be listening to the Holy Spirit where He says, Hey, here's an opportunity. Pray for that person. you got to be listening with your spiritual ear. And if you do, and if you'll step out in faith, God will do the miraculous through you. A lot of people need a miracle today. You might be the very vessel that God wants to use, the very instrument that he wants to play. Will you let him? Hallelujah. People need the church to be strong and to be filled with God's Holy Spirit more than ever before, in my opinion. Do you want to be Jesus with skin on? Do you want to pray for the sick and see them recover? Then plug into him, listen to him, and allow him to fill you up. Now, I've got a little bit of a, a, an object lesson here, so just bear with me. So I'm talking about recharging your batteries. And I, I started to think about this a couple of days ago, and, and it was like the Holy Spirit said, Norm, what'd you just do? And I said, I don't know. And he says, remember, you went out and you did something in your driveway. And I, I remembered, ah, the leaf blower. And it reminded me of this object lesson. Okay, this is a leaf blower. I'm sure you all know that. And I'm not trying to sell anybody's product here. But in order for this leaf blower to work, this, the battery, has to be fully charged. All right? It already is because I made sure of that last night. So I take the battery out of the charger, out of the outlet, out of the power supply the source, if you will, and I take this and I put it in 
this leaf blower, and then guess what? I got power. Oh, that actually feels pretty good. I'm getting hot up here. Anyway, you get the idea. What happens when this, as it always does by the time I get to the end of my driveway, what happens when this runs out of power? Well, first of all, I can't go any farther, right? Second of all, I have to take this and I have to put it in the charger, which you can't see, but it's right over here. Right over here. There it is. And now it's recharging. And in about three hours, it'll be ready to go again for another 40 minutes or so. That's what God wants to do with us, you and I. He wants us to plug into him, the source, and to get our batteries recharged. To spend time with him so that he can minister the supernatural into you. And I'm telling you what, when you do this, you, you are going to be so full of God. Not of yourself. <laughs> There's an important distinction here. Not of yourself. Too many people are full of themselves. You're going to be so full of God that people are going to go, Hey, what's up with you, man? Wow, this uh, quarantine really did something to you. <laughs> You're different. I hope this happens. I hope people say that about us in a good way. Amen? So the supernatural power gets depleted. We get plugged back in. The cycle continues over. I can use that leaf blower over and over and over and over as I did all last year. God wants to use us over and over and over and over just as he did with Jesus' son when he walked on the earth. Jesus had to get plugged back in to get his batteries refilled, to get them recharged so he could go back out and pray for the sick and they would recover. Just so you're not taken by surprise, the supernatural does take a toll on us because we're natural. We're human beings. When we pray, we get tired. And as we've seen, even Jesus got spiritually exhausted. Another place where we see him getting away is found in Luke 5, 15 and 16. And it says, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. Verse 16, read this with me. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Say that with me again. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. If Jesus needed to get alone with God in order to survive and thrive, do you think we're any different? We need it more than Jesus did. I hope you're hearing this message today. I hope you're hearing my heart. Now, he didn't always pray alone. There were times that, that he actually took his disciples with him where they could hear him praying from a distance. And Luke 9.18 is an example of this. I'm not going to go into this very much, but just listen to this. Once when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, that's the part I wanted you to catch, he asked them, who do the crowds say I am? And of course, they went through all of that, that he is the Son of God, finally admitting to that. What I wanted to point out is that Jesus, though he was praying in private, he often brought his disciples along with him so that they could hear how to pray. Because he knew, this is my church. Peter, 
on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Peter was there. And Peter would hear Jesus praying. And I'm certain that later, after Jesus went to the cross, after he was resurrected, after he ascended into heaven and was at the right hand of the Father, I'm certain that Peter shared this little tidbit of how Jesus prayed and how we needed it if we wanted to be effective for the kingdom of God. This is also a great example of how parents, moms and dads, even grandpas and grandmas, which we experienced not too long ago, we need to allow our children to hear us once in a while when we pray so that they too will know the importance of meeting with God and getting our spiritual fuel tanks filled. And later on, when they're old enough to know better, they'll be able to do the same because they were taught by you, not just by your words, but by your example. Amen? By teaching them that prayer and solitude are important, your children will know how to keep their spiritual tanks full. How often did Jesus get away for prayer? Luke 22 39 to 46 addresses this. I'm just going to actually, I'm only going to read uh, verses 39 to 41, and, and that's right here. Jesus went out as usual. Some of the versions say, as he often did, to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He then withdrew a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed. So here's another example of Jesus showing his disciples how to pray. How often did Jesus pray? Often, frequently. And we should too. We shouldn't think we're any different than Jesus. We need it more than Jesus. Now hear this next part. This is important. Some people constantly have moral failures in their life. I just can't seem to, to conquer. You fill in the blank. Drinking, pornography, anger, whatever it is. And you're, you're, you're on the other side of this camera lens right now going, you know, that's me. I, I always seem to fall or I have all these failures when it comes to me living for God and, and not sinning. Here's the thing. Jesus taught that by praying on a regular basis, by keeping your spiritual tank full, hear this, you will not fall into temptation. It's right there. Right there. Verse 40. Pray that you will not fall into temptation. Are you doing that? Those of you who would say, yeah, I'm always failing. I need help. Well, here it is. This is what you need to do. This is what I need to do if I'm having issues like this. I need to get alone with God, repent of my sins, and spend time with him so that I can hear from him and he can download his spirit into me. I hope this makes sense. You can get the victory over this, but you have to take the steps. You can't call Pastor Norm. You can't call Pastor Roger. You can't call your spiritual Aunt Bethy and say, help, pray for me. That gets old. God will fill you with the power that you need if you'll take the time to spend on your knees with him. 
if you'll seek his face and listen to hear his voice. Remember, Jesus is the good shepherd. You're the sheep. Do you want this? Then learn to hear his voice. And you do that by getting alone with him and praying, having a conversation with your loving God. I'm about to wrap this up. I've got one last scripture I want to read or passage. This is found in John chapter 15. Beginning with verse 5, and, and again, I believe that this passage, that there's so much I could preach here. This, I could take a whole hour just on this little passage right here. But what I want you to see is how necessary it is to stay plugged in to the source. And again, just to use this, just to use this, if, if we don't have a source, we're going to run out of juice. God is our source. Jesus Christ is our source. And the power that we get is the Holy Spirit. And, and he puts it in us like this battery. And when this battery is plugged into the blower, of course it works. And God's saying to you and me, when you plug into me, when I'm your source, Jesus said, you are going to be able to do amazing things. And listen to this. Here, here we go, verse 5. I am the vine, Jesus said. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And this is the problem with so many of us. We're apart from him. We have lost our way and, and we think that we can keep on doing the things we've been doing without getting plugged back in. And God's saying, no, you're empty. You're spiritually empty. And if you want me to fill you, you've got to get plugged back into me. That's our, that's our job, all right? He'll fill us, but our job is to come to him and to believe that he will do these things. Verse 6, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Why? Because they're all dried out and they're dead. God doesn't want you and me to be dead. He wants us to be alive in his spirit. But for us to be alive in his spirit, we have got to plug back in. We've got time right now to do what I'm talking about here. And I believe this is the heart of our Heavenly Father. He's saying, come back home, kids. Come back to me. I want to give you a full life. I want to fill you up with my love and with my power. I want you to hear from me. I want to give you heaven-sent ideas. I want you to have dreams and visions about what's going to come next. But to do that, can't be disconnected from me. You've got to be connected. I hope this is making sense for so many of you. Verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. How cool is that? What kind of promise is that? This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. If you 
are listening to me right now, if you love Jesus and you're listening to me right now, you're his disciple. And he is saying to us, I want you to bear much fruit, but the only way you're going to be able to do this is if you stay plugged into me, God said. Jesus said, stay plugged into me. That's what he's asking us. That's what he's requiring from us if we are truly his disciples. Stay plugged into him. And then this passage says, whatever you ask, it will be given to you. That's like carte blanche. That's like saying, Here, here's my American Express card with an unlimited uh, limit. <laughs> That's what God's saying to you and me. He's talking spiritually, of course. But he wants us to be so filled with him, so full of God, that we spill out into the lives of the people around us. Hear this. Somebody needs to hear this. Most of us are stuck in our houses right now, and there are many who feel like they've been defeated. And Jesus is saying, you are not defeated. The devil has been defeated. Jesus has won. Read the book. The devil has been defeated. It's already done. Jesus has the victory. And he shares that with us if we're willing, if we get plugged into him, if we do these things like his disciples were commanded, if we do the things he commanded us to do. It's that simple. So if you feel like your faith is withering, then you need to take your thoughts, your prayer list, your concerns into your secret place. Maybe that's out in the woods for some of you. Some of you moms, it's harder for you to find a secret place. I, I still remember when Barb used to try, we, we had a bi-level and we had an unfinished bathroom. Uh, we didn't have enough money to complete it when we first moved into it. So she would sneak down to that little uh, unfinished bathroom to pray at about 4 in the morning, 5 in the morning. And I don't know how he did it, but Andy, who at the time was like 2 years old, <laughs> she'd be in there praying praying in the Spirit, loving God, just enjoying time with Him, and then she'd hear that, Mommy! So I don't know how you ladies do it, you mothers. It's not easy, but try to find time. God will honor whatever you can give Him. I believe that. He loves you, moms. And you're in a hard place right now because you're not getting any kind of break. But God will give you that rest. Just keep plugging into him as much as you can. He'll give you that rest. Hallelujah. Wherever you find yourself, get alone with God. Get plugged back into your source and let the master fill you up fresh and anew over and over and over again. And if you'll do this, he'll give you his supernatural devil stomping power. We need some of that right now. We need some devil stomping power. And God will do that if you'll just trust him. Hallelujah. Let's get the victory, church. Let's pray for our nation. Let's pray for our world like never before. God can turn this around that the devil has intended for harm. I believe he can for those he loves. Amen.
you bow your heads with me at home? Father, again, we are humbled to be called yours, your children, Lord. And today, I, I pray for those who are on the other side of this camera that you would bless them, Lord, with your presence. Holy Spirit, that you would just infiltrate their living rooms, their bedrooms, or wherever they're at. Maybe they're at work, uh, sneaking in a little church time right now. Wherever they're at, Lord, bless them. Fill them up afresh and anew. And Lord, I pray that this message would, would resonate within all of us. The need to get plugged into the vine and, and to keep on coming back and coming back and coming back. And not letting ourselves get so drained that we're useless to everybody, including ourselves. Lord, I pray for our church that you would build us strong, Lord. Use this time that we have, this, uh, this quarantine time, as many call it. Use it to help us establish a new way of life. To be faithful with the time you've given us. And Lord, to spend that, maybe not all day, but at least a half hour or an hour a day, Lord, just pressing in to hear what you have for us today. And Lord, I believe if, if this church will do this, if the people listening to this message will do this, we are going to be so full of God, so full of the Holy Spirit, that we're going to start seeing miracles happen around us. Those who are in need, Lord, I know you want to use us this way, and I pray for our people, Lord, that you would release the gifts of the Spirit into our people in Jesus' name. Help us to establish this in Jesus' name. And Lord, we want to give you all the credit for whatever happens next, all the glory. When we walk out of our homes, when we're able to do that again, Lord, and people get healed, or maybe it's from our prayers from a distance and people get healed, I pray we wouldn't take any credit to you be all the glory. And Lord, help us all to fall in love with you more each day. Because the day's coming soon when we're going to be with you forever. I don't want to wait till I'm in heaven to love on you. Help me to establish that now and my people too. Now, if you're out there today and you say, Pastor Norm, I really don't know Jesus. Not even sure what to do next. I'm here to help you with that. If you have never said, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. If you've never asked him, according to John 3, 16 and 17, to forgive you, and you've never put your trust in Jesus, I want you to do that right now. And I'm going to lead you in this short prayer. And, and if you're doing it from the heart, I believe God will honor it. And you will be what we call born again, twice born, when we're finished. So here's the prayer. Pray this with me. And church, I would ask you to do the same. Dear Jesus, help me today in this very difficult time. I recognize I need more. I need heaven's power. I need love from heaven. So today, I confess my sin. Forgive me, Lord, for all that I've done that's been displeasing to you. And now I ask, as the blood of Jesus washes my sins clean, I ask you to make me a new person. Give me a new life. 
as only you can. I'm going to be the same person, but on the inside, I'm going to be changed. Lord, I thank you for this. I give you my life, my love, and all that I have. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Now, I believe as the Bible says, the angels in heaven are rejoicing because you just did this. And if if you're able to, just text that or, or message that if you're online so that somebody can see that and rejoice with you. And now start living. Like I just said, like I just preached this message. Now find a place every day to get alone with your God and, and learn to listen. Hear his voice. Jesus is the great shepherd. You're the sheep. Listen to hear his voice. And he will lead you. Listen, thank you for being with us today. I love you. We're praying for you. Uh, if, if you haven't gotten a phone call from us, it might be because we don't have your phone number. And if that's the case, let us know. Uh, you, you can actually get online, go through our, our prayer request form, uh, just right in there. Here's my phone number, would love a call, and we will call you. And we've been sharing that responsibility with our leaders, so don't, don't feel bad if, if you didn't get a direct call from Pastor Norm. I'm nobody. God's no respecter of people, but we want you to know we all love you. Pastor Roger and Mary and Barb and many of our other leaders, Cheryl, they've all been calling their people. Uh, uh, Chris, thank you for my leaders. Thank you to my leaders for reaching out to your, your people in this time of need. Let's just keep on loving each other. And by the way, and I said this to somebody yesterday on the phone, if God puts someone on your heart, this is part of that listening thing, if God puts somebody on your heart and all of a sudden you just, out of the blue, you think of them, call them. Please, call them. You are the church. It isn't Pastor Norm. It's all of us in this together. So if God puts somebody on your heart, call them and say, hey, how's it going? I was thinking about you. You don't have to say any more than that. Just to know that somebody thought of them makes a huge world of difference. And I want to thank you for doing that. Again, Lord, just bless this church. Keep us strong in these last days. And Lord, help us get through this quarantine as only you can. We again lift up our president, our governor, Lord, all those who are on their staffs. Give them heaven-sent wisdom, Lord. Help them to know what to do next and how to defeat this animal. And Lord, I pray, as we pray for them, that the power of heaven would be released and this virus would be no more. We pray this again in Jesus' name. Now bless our folks as they go about their day. We love you. And Lord, we commit the people of the hope into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Hopefully we'll see you next week. Oh, by the way, I know. I always do. Next week, it's going to be a little different. Now, it's supposed to be Easter. However, I heard this from somebody, a pastor from Florida. What they're going to do, and I thought it was a great idea, and we're going to follow suit. They said, what we're going to do is we're going to wait until we get back together physically, where the government says we can meet again, and then we're going to have our Easter celebration service. So that's what we're going to do. We're still going to have a dynamic, powerful message for you next Sunday. Uh, I believe my wife and I are going to do it together, Lord willing. 
pray for us because that always means fun stuff during the week before but I know you're going to enjoy it and uh, I trust that God will use it so have a great week in Jesus if you need anything call the church uh, let us know write us through the email and uh, otherwise God bless